That's great. Yeah. All right. So while we're recording here, and so, you know, Sergey, I met you here on on LinkedIn, uh, just learning about our industry and um, what you do with Well AI and. I, I know I've been following you and, and certainly keeping you and in, in your family in my prayers. And, and I just, you know, thanks for sharing what you've shared about what's going on in Belarus. And um, maybe you can just share with us just what we've been talking about. And we finally said, gosh, we should hit record because you're sharing some great, some great um, information. And just so people can kind of have a, a feel for unedited, <laughs> un and uh, not the news, but from Sergey. And uh, I know you've got family still in Belarus that you're concerned about. And anyway, yeah, um, that's right. No, thanks for uh, thanks for the call. Uh, as you said, I am running a company here in the U.S. I actually came as a refugee, as a political asylee, running from the same guy, ironically, that has been running this country. And now it looks like it's, he's running it down for 26 years. So I, at the time I was a student, I was part of protests. And um, at some point things got just dangerous and I decided to leave, came here, got um, uh, graduate school education in various, uh, uh, with various degrees, math, finance, uh, MBA, and uh, yeah, and worked for on Wall Street, as you said, started my own company now. I think we're doing some great things here in healthcare, trying to uh, help people, employers with value-based proposition. But yeah, uh, my immediate family is here. My two daughters who are teenagers were born here. Uh, one in Houston, one is here in New York. But uh, the rest of the family is pretty much there. So. It's uh, been interesting development as of late. Uh, we had the so-called elections in Belarus that were rigged and falsified by this guy who's been running this country um, for 26 years, Alexander Lukashenko. Um, and it's getting really dangerous, basically uh, a war zone out uh, there. So obviously a lot of concern. I have a lot of friends, uh, family there, my brother's family, uh, all there my niece and nephew um we are so yeah after the election basically the guy just rigged the, the election the difference this time is that uh that's not the first time obviously every election he falsifies the results this time there was some kind of a tipping point or as they say in belarus there no return point uh for different reasons first of all this time it was overwhelming majority of people supporting the alternative candidate. Um, and it was clear, even though the independent polls were banned by, by the government, obviously they don't want to hear the right numbers, but it was clear because when you're talking to your neighbors and you cannot find a single person in the whole country voting for this guy, then you know that the whole country is pretty much uh, against this guy. Uh, with the exception of families of perhaps police and, uh, and military. And, um, and so this time it was very obvious that I would say being generous just by own indications, by some online surveys, probably 10%, 10%, uh, 15 is probably max that he could possibly get if the 
ballots were counted correctly, if everything was counted, but he did it the way he, he did it before, which is basically given command. He has this, by now he built this vertical structure where everybody just a yes man and just writes their own numbers, throws whatever ballots people voted with in the, in the trash can pretty much. And there are a lot of counts of this uh, violations that have been recorded. We have some human rights organizations. Uh, so it's, it's obvious to everybody. Uh, so he wrote 80%, which is like cl clearly even to himself that he, he's not there. And his um, platform is to bring communism back, right? Because you were talking about how really uh, freedom is, is kind of a, a new thing. Yeah, it's, it's not your typical communism. It's basically, uh, it's, it's control of one man. Um, you know, wow. he does, uh, whether it's directly or indirectly control some Belarus national trading companies where basically a lot of money from trading, for example, goes directly to, to his pocket. Um, and so a lot of corruption. He, over this 26 years, he surrounded himself with the, as I was saying, yes men who would never voice their opinion. They basically say whatever he says. And if you want to be part of this structure, which is, you know, for Belarus standards is very beneficial. You get a lot of perks if you're part of this government structure. Uh, so, but those, those two people, for example, some of the chairs of the local, um, you know, district election com commissions, they were basically saying, no, no, no we're just gonna count correctly. Um, and you saw that in those, when votes were counted fairly in those little districts, you saw how grossly this guy lost. And guess what? After that, those people were, were fired because they didn't uh, comply with whatever the order was from above. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's basically the, you know, one of the worst dictatorships. Uh, I think maybe not as bad yet as North Korea, but I think we're getting there pretty close. And it's a pity because we're right in the middle of Europe. We have you know, we have EU on our borders, so we have Russia on the other side. Um, but uh, yeah, so since that day, August 9th, since the election, people um, basically couldn't take it anymore. Another reason is, or two reasons was, first of all, um, there was a whole generation of young people that are, you know, very educated, um, that see what's going on in, in other countries, how people could live potentially. Uh, that other countries around us, with the exception of Russia, are basically free. Um, and so they kind of didn't expect that this could possibly happen. And so they were, they were basically exp expressing their uh, civic duty to kind of go and defend their vote. Um, and another big reason was COVID, because this guy, this uh, you know, you know, fake president, he basically said, look, uh, COVID is like a flu. Uh, he had this famous phrase that basically, if you uh, have some vodka and go to sauna, you, you're going to be treated every time. So, uh, and so we had this wave of COVID because people, um, you know, not that they, they believe the guy, but there was no, um, there was no Direction. PPE in, in, yeah. in hospitals. There was nothing to protect them from this COVID. Uh, there was not, not even enough masks. So, uh, and we're going into actually a second wave right now. Uh, I actually know several people already who got their COVID the second time because uh, it's, it's, it's not controlled. There's not enough equipment. 
And so there's st- there people knowing that this guy basically didn't protect them. That's another kind of degree of distrust to this guy. So um, a lot, so people are protesting, people are going against bullets basically, but <laughs> there, is, there is no way back. And so every Sunday we have a big rally and then every weekday we have like a special rally. So there's a day that only women protest. There is a day when only retirees protest. There is a day when handicapped people protest. Um, and so pretty much every day is uh, some, some kind of protest that being, um, you know, uh, disband, you know, in, in, in very cruel ways sometimes because uh, this, you know, bandits in black masks with no insignia coming up and start beating people up, taking them to jail. So it's, uh, and people still coming out. So that's the part that's kind of very encouraging that people just cannot take it any longer. Yeah, because I saw in your post, I mean, it's not a little deal. And yeah. you shared how thousands of people have been um, jailed, beaten, tortured. Uh, just Yeah, for- we, we've had over, and, you know, keep in mind that the whole country has nine, a little bit, nine plus million. So it's, it's, it's a small country. And then, you know, Minsk, which is the capital, has uh, under two million. So we've been getting hundred thousands that actually going out, not afraid. Obviously, there are people supporting them at home, um, but that's the you know that's a pretty big number. So when you scale it uh, for a city of you know uh, one and a half or two mil, hundred thousand is a big number. Uh, it, it's getting a little smaller because of the you know because of the weather and you know uh, we've had some you know constitutional changes that this guy just basically does on the fly. So what used to be an ad- administrative um, violation, basically you're showing up on the street in uh, unknown place, you know, protesting that's that's illegal. Used to be ad- what we what they call administrative violation, which is uh, not a criminal charge. You still either pay a big fine or spend uh, 15 days in jail. Uh, but now they start charging people criminally for the same offense, or, or I guess what they call offense, which is basically peaceful demonstrations. Uh, and so, you know, obviously some people are concerned. Um, so the numbers are getting a bit smaller, but still very big numbers. And, uh, you know, people are not, are not gonna just, uh, you know, stay home. And you've got family there still. How are, yeah. how are, how is your family doing? How is it for them? Well, I mean, they're okay. They're obviously one changes. They're going out. My mother is active. She's been active actually since... Um, 1994 in opposition movement to to a dictator. Um, now she's been helping this, who we call president elect, Miss um, Svetlana Tikhanovska, who we think if votes were co- counted correctly, she would have won by by a landslide. Um, but because um, of what happened, uh, by the way, another thing I want to mention is that this guy just basically arrests whoever he wants to arrest. So every single person who announced himself or herself as a candidate before the election basically got to jail. So he, he, he didn't even let people get to the day of the election. He basically arrested everybody. He left the slum. Well, you mean all his competition? He, he arrested all the competition <laughs> before the election, except for this one woman who he thought he'd just going to win over easily. You know, he 
still wanted to show that at least somebody is running against him, right? Um, she is yeah. actually who we consider right now president-elect. She is actually, she was a wife of one of the jailed candidates who is still in jail, by the way. Uh, obviously, they're not going to let him, let him go. Um, so they let her run because she expressed, you know, in some of the, uh, the this guy was basically a very famous and, and still is a very famous blogger. Um, got a lot of support, especially in countryside where this was his thing. He would go out to countryside and basically let people talk, which for Belarus is actually a big deal. Like people don't want to talk, but he basically went to all these villages. Um, anyway, got very popular, announced his presidency, uh, got jailed very quickly. They, as, as always, they come up with some fabricated charges. Um, and then his wife said, well, you know, if my husband is jailed, I'm going to run. And so this dictator basically said, all right, you know, if she's been housewife all her life, like, what, you know, like I'm, I'm going to easily. What can she do? What can she do? <laughs> Guess what? She won the election by a landslide. She beat this guy by a landslide, except, you know, the votes were thrown out. So, um, um, and, and uh, because she's, she's been making the statements that president, uh, or I guess uh, this fake president didn't like, um, she was forced out of the country. Um, they gave her an ultimatum, basically, that if she doesn't leave the country, something's going to happen to her family, which is weird because she already has her husband in jail. But she has very young two children, and she got scared, obviously, and she left the country. So now she, she's doing a lot of work, and I know that because I'm involved in a little bit. I'm, I'm familiar with her team um, from Vilnius, Lithuania, which is right across the border. So... Sergey, for, for folks who are following Belarus and what's going on there, it's interesting to me because, um, you know, uh, for me personally, I've led a pretty sheltered life, really. I mean, I served in the military, but I served in a, I served in peacetime. I got out. I was. Uh, I, Thank you for your I, service. There was a Veterans Day the other day. So yeah, and, 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 you know, but my, my tour was different than a lot of my people who came before me. I got out. Uh, right when Desert Storm was taken off, and uh, you know my my service was quite different than um, others who have gone before. And I think uh, you know many folks. We here in the states we live a a pretty uh, a pretty free lifestyle for the most part, and um, so for folks who uh, are following what's going on in Belarus or who are even curious and, and want to know more. I think it's really helpful when we study history and we study things that are going on because there's a, there's a lyric in a song I like. It says that it's a John Prine song. And it says, uh, you know, it's not such a long drop from the diamonds in the sidewalk to the dirt in the gutter, right? Exactly. Um, you know, you can live a charmed life and in the blink of an eye, everything can change. And um, so anyway, for, for folks who are, feel called to help or learn more, what can, what can folks do to, uh, um, to learn more about Belarus or to support or to do something to help? What can folks do? There are different things. And I, first of all, I totally agree with you. I think democracy is a delicate thing. And uh, just because, uh, you know, America won this wonderful thing um, over 200 years ago and Belarusians trying to accomplish that now 
just basically have the, the, their basic rights. Um, I feel like people have to be aware of what they're standing for. They have to fight. And they've had it before, from my understanding, right? Belarusians yeah. had freedom before. So. Yeah, they had. They had. They had for for a little bit here and there. It's been very interesting history because, as I was talking to you, um, you know, Belarus is basically in the middle of Europe. So over centuries, a lot of um, battles were. Uh, fought uh, in that area, you know, people, uh, there, there, uh, some countries coming from the east, some countries coming from the west. Um, so, but yeah, we did have our history. This is where this, this flag is coming from. It's been with us for centuries. Um, so, but it's, it's been tough and that's kind of underlines um, how important democracy is and how it is important to protect everything that our fathers, grandfathers, and uh, founding fathers fought for in this country. I think as we have younger generations, um, I think a lot of them, and I'm just looking at my teenage daughters, um, I feel like they don't always appreciate what this country is doing for them. You know, just this life that you can, even speaking on social media, like people cannot do that freely in Belarus. They could be... Uh, they could be tracked down. There are ways to track them down, and uh, people still do it. But it's not safe. Here, you can you can do whatever you want. I mean, yes, there are conversations about you know the certain areas are dangerous. Obviously, there are, you know cer- certain movements. Sometimes you go into the streets. Uh, you know there are certain things happening. But I think still, in the end of the day, and I think this election will will show that. Um, you know, the rule of law prevails and uh, the wonderful things that our founding fathers were fighting for, um, they're still in place. I think, I feel like the constitution is still working in this country. Um, and, you know, obviously it's, it's ups and downs and uh, there are a lot of things that are still have to be improved, um, according, uh, um, including some of the racial injustices that still exist in this country. Uh, but I feel like compared to some other countries um, like Belarus, uh, America is far, far ahead and we have to cherish it and, and appreciate it. And nurture it, absolutely. And nurture it, yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of help, um, look, I think for most people, just following the news is and kind of, um, understanding what's going on to me that's that's already important obviously with people dying and tortured uh, anything like a prayer uh, would also help um, in terms of more active help and I've been involved I think more actively than others just because of my Belarusian roots uh, there is a very important um, uh project going on in Congress, uh, introduced by Congressman um, Chris Smith of New Jersey, who has been supporter of democracy in particular in Belarus, uh, but also other countries like like Russia. Um, He introduced the new version of the so-called Belarus Democracy Act uh, that's been amended from previous versions. He already did a very good job before, but now it's a new version. Um, he introduced it uh, about a month or two ago and it's going through various committees 
and right now we're close of getting to the Senate floor. So Senate floor is basically the last kind of step before president's signature. Um, why is it important? Well, first of all, it gives hope to Belarusian people who are on the ground. Um, you know, they're looking up to um, America. Um, it's important just in terms of morale boost, but also in terms of what could be done. So in terms of amendments, uh, what's been done in this particular bill is um, helping in a new ways to establish democracy in Belarus, for example. Uh, they are trying to increase economic pressure on Lukashenko's regime. They're going after his assets. So in fact, uh, there was a an article of the of this bill that says that uh, the State Department who should come up with a report uh, about financial dealings, including a lot of sort of corrupted dealings of the regime, and hopefully you know we can affect somehow you know whether it's blocking the accounts or trying to figure out what's co corruption going on. That's that's very important. That's a way to stop the regime from doing all these bad things that they're, that they're doing. Um, it also helps with things like sanctions. Uh, there are a lot of people who got rich of Belarusians who are close to this dictator. Um, you know, if we put more sanctions on those people that they cannot travel, they cannot do business transactions uh, with, uh, with companies, with the companies outside of Belarus, that's a big deal. And so anyway, so it's this bill, um, going through Congress right now. So this week it's actually, or I guess uh, by Wednesday, it's in so-called suspension mode in Congress. So what it means is that it's already been through a couple of the committees and now it's in the final stage before going to the, con uh, to the House floor. So House, as you know, is the lower um, uh, uh, part of the Congress. Um, so I, I'm just, you know, I'm just wishing people will follow that. Um, when it gets to, to the Senate, it's always nice to kind of maybe reach out to your local congressman, in this case, actually senator, because I feel like that's the most important step to get through Senate. Um, and uh, just maybe write a little note, say, say, hey, you know, I'm for democracy in Belarus, please support this bill, something like that. Um, in your State, Kimberly, uh, your state is of particular importance because after the House, it's going to the Senate's Foreign Relations Committee. It just happened that um, one of your senators, Senator Rich, is a co-chair of that committee. So he's the one, you know, making that decision whether it's going to pass through the Congress and into the Senate floor. Uh, so the more support he gets, and we, you know, through my colleagues here, in this Belarusian American group, we actually already talked to, to, to his office as well as many other senators. We haven't met a single person, a single congressman, by the way, who is against this bill. They all understand what's going on. They're all well-versed, including, including Senator Rich. Um, we actually helped him arrange a phone call uh, through, this, through his committee with Svetlana Tikhanovska, who uh, we think is, is the real winner of the Belarusian elections. And in that call, he assured her that the United States is always going to stand for democracy around the world. So anything, um, so in your state, for instance, you can just send, send a note to Senator Rich saying, hey, 
something like thank you for your work on, on democracy around the world. I know that there is a bill coming into your committee. Um, any help passing it would be greatly appreciated because Belarusians are suffering every day. And that this would be a great sign from the United States that the United States supporting the democratic movement in Belarus. Uh, so uh, I think just the regular things, just uh, kind of working with your local congressman and senator would be helpful in this particular case. Uh, we want to pass it as sort of Belarusian Americans would like to be, to be passed this year because the way the law works in the US, if it's not being passed with this Congress, now it goes into the next Congress and it has to be reintroduced, uh, which takes you another start all over again. It's yeah. all over again, which I think will happen in the end, but it, we're wasting another three months uh, right. around, around that. And we'd rather happen it this year. But at the same time, it's not easy because, um, you know, it's after the election, there are a lot of uh, bills on the floor. And so I, I understand that concern as well. So, but we're trying really hard. And, the, and you know, any support, any letter to your congressman saying, look, I've read or I've seen, you know, Sergey's interview. And I feel like there's, it's very important that you guys vote for this bill, vote as soon as possible because people are waiting and they're really looking forward for what the United States will do about uh, this crisis uh, situation in Belarus. It's interesting as I listen to you, Sergey, I think about you know, how great it is when you're the one that's backed up into a corner um, and you're trying to get through something really difficult, it is really powerful just to know that you have somebody who's on your side. And um, yes. yeah. No, we're grateful to, um, look, um, in all honesty, I've kind of been following and involved to some um, degree with, um, you know, with the, with the U.S. Congress there. We've always been getting, our country, or I guess my home country of Belarus, has been getting so much support from regular Americans from politicians. Um, I've never heard a kind of criticism or anything. They, they understand what we're fighting for. They understand that those people are against the wall. And so really great reaction. Um, I mentioned Congressman Chris Smith. He's been basically supportive of Belarus and sponsor of many, many bills since 1996. And there are many, many other bipartisan uh, um, uh, politicians in this country who are, who are supporting this cause. Uh, so we're really grateful. And um, I'm involved to some extent to, with this um, movement, trying to um, you know, let people know to be aware about what's going on, to talk to politicians. Um, obviously, I talked to my um, uh, own congressman as a constituent. But, uh, you know, there are other senators and especially their staffers who are really happy to, to talk to us. Um, State Department has been a little bit different experience, but there's still people in the State Department who are doing their job and really concerned about Belarus and as well as other countries. Uh, Russia, for example, which is next to Belarus. And that's another problem is that uh, Putin, who is another dictator, as you know, he's been supportive of of our dictator in Belarus. And that's, that brings additional complexity to the issue because, you know, when you're going against this guy in Belarus, you're essentially going against Putin. Um, and that's not easy. His big uh, brother. His big brother, yeah. Although yeah. I was listening the other day, somebody was saying, well, 
It's actually Lukashenko who is his big brother because it looks like whatever he does, Putin then repeats. So everybody's afraid that all this war situation, warlike situation we have now is actually going to move uh, to Russia as Putin kind of observing what's going on. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a big geopolitical issue. It's not easy. Um, and, but, you know, people are there. People are fighting. They're, they're, they're fighting peacefully. There is no, there's not a single incident except some fake ones created by local police, which was just kind of ridiculous. People are super peaceful up to this day, uh, even though they're being killed, they're being tortured. They're, you know, their neighbors being um, missing, actually, and nobody knows, for example. Uh, so it's it's really interesting and and I, as I said, like just being aware in this country and this is what I'm trying to teach my daughters. Look, you know, you've been fortunate enough to be born in this country, uh, the United States of America, uh, but just be aware that democracy is not easy. And um, you know, even though it's been here for 200 years, uh, there are places that. Uh, haven't had that luxury and even in this country there are ups and downs as we as we can see so it's very important to be aware to be educated um and any help would appreciate if if folks want to reach out to me i don't know uh whether through you know direct messaging on linkedin or not sure but you know obviously how can people reach you so because we'll share this on facebook and linkedin and youtube how can people reach you if they have questions or 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 I want yeah. to reach out uh, to you. What's the easiest? Maybe email or what, what, sure. what are you thinking, Berlin? Really? Sure. How yeah. would you like them? Like, yeah, if you want to share your email, they can email you. Email or, you know, directly through LinkedIn or wh- whatever. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to share your email and I'll make sure I put it in the post? Yeah. Let me. Uh, or I have yeah. it too, so I can put it in there. I just have to look it up. And Sergey, I I just appreciate you taking time, and it's nice to connect. And it seems to me the more people I'm that you meet, the more people that you have personal conversations with around the world, the smaller the world gets. We're not really so different uh, as we sometimes like to think we are. Uh, Everybody, we all want the same things. We all hurt for the same things and hope for the same kind of things. And and different ways of course right but um no i appreciate your time kimberly as well uh yeah it's a small world and um you know you never know your belarus is in trouble um who knows uh next time around somebody else could be in trouble so it's important to be a good neighbor a good citizen around the world absolutely and so thank you for this video i know our family we're praying for your family and holding you you so much in our thoughts and prayers and and uh, just thank thanks for sharing today Sergey thank you Kimberly